Back on again. Well, God bless you all. It's good to see you. Thanks for coming. Got a quick test for you. Who here can think of a gospel record of Jesus healing somebody where he prayed to God to do the healing? I'm waiting. Ah, it's because there's not one. I prepared a handout that's back on the table back there that you can get after the teaching that records, it documents every healing Jesus Christ did in the Gospels, the Scripture where it's recorded in any and all of the Gospels, and what it was He said or did. I can't find a single occurrence where He stood there and said, Father, Thank you for healing this person. Father, please heal this person. You know why he didn't have to pray to God to do it? He had the authority from God to heal. We have that same authority. Let me share this with you. Authority is defined by the Oxford Dictionary anyway as the power or right to give orders, make decisions, and enforce obedience. The right to act in a specified way delegated from one person or organization to another. God gave His Son, Jesus Christ, authority and dominion, and we're going to see that in the Scriptures, over everything. He passed it on to us to carry out in His stead. Authority comes from position. Any of you ever been promoted at work? Let me see hands. You've been promoted at work? Okay. With that new position, did you get new authority and new responsibilities? Absolutely. It went with the position. His position as Son of God, God gave Him over everything. Okay? Garrett, our new lead pastor, has the authority to make decisions concerning Grace Christian Fellowship because we made him lead pastor. He didn't have it before that. Bob had it. Okay? Jesus Christ was given the authority from his Father because of his position as Son of God. Jesus has authority over us because he's the head of the body and we accepted him as Lord. Make sense? Yeah. Look at Matthew chapter 11 to start. Matthew 11. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. All things. He didn't go down and say some. He didn't say a few. He didn't say most. All things. Jesus' final words recorded in the Gospel of Matthew were instructions to his believers to go and do as he did. Matthew 28, verse 17. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Did he exclude anything? No. All authority. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing. Did my pages get crumpled up? Carolyn, I need that copy I gave you. No, the copy machine did something. I made her a copy and then I gave her the wrong one. Thank you. And I'm like, wait a minute, I know better than that. Ah, all right, Matthew 28. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So he's sending them out to do what he commanded them to do, and he's with them all the time. So they're never out there alone doing it. He's there. This section of Scripture is called the Great Commission. You've probably heard that before. Now last week Garrett shared on us being sent just as Jesus was sent. And we're sent because we're the sons of God now. John chapter 1. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. You ever share the scriptures with somebody and you get that honest to God deer in the headlight look? I don't know what you're talking about. They didn't recognize you because they don't recognize him. Don't take offense at that. Don't ever be offended if people don't listen when you share the word. It's not you that they're affecting. It's God. You just represent his son. No big deal. Philippians chapter 2. So that you may become blameless and pure. That's a work in progress on my part. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them as stars in the sky. Our position is that of sons of God. We are the body of Christ. He's the head. But where is that body? Hmm? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And this incomparably great power for us who believe. For us. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Not only did he raise Christ from the dead, totally brought back to life a 
dead corpse, but took him to the heavens. Jesus was taken. He didn't just start flapping his arms and go. That's power. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked. Not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under His feet and appointed Him to be the head over everything for the church. Now in the body of Christ, if you think of a physical body, if God placed His body over everything, is the sole of the foot over everything? Yeah, it is. So even if your position in the body of Christ is the heel of Christ, you're still above everything. Right? That's where we are. Far above. Which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills everything in every way. That power or authority Jesus was given by God is the power that raised Him from the dead, gave Him rule over all power, all authority, all dominion, and every name that's ever been invoked. That's pretty high up the food chain, don't you think? If Jesus is above all, then we are above all because it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. We have Him with us every day. Colossians 1.27 To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's Christ in us. We have the Spirit in us all the time. We never ever can go anywhere without it that's pretty comforting and that's a high position in the gospels jesus sent out the 12 apostles and gave them the same power and authority that we have today luke 9 verse 1 and when jesus had called the 12 together he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. That's pretty cool. Send them out, go. You have the power, now go. We enjoy the high position as sons of God in the body of Christ, far above all the dominion of the adversary and everything that he's got going on in this world. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 4. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in trespasses. Remember that time before you accepted Him as your Lord and Savior? You were dead. You just didn't know it. It is by grace that you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So... We're sitting up there. Not here. Spiritually, that's pretty cool. Galatians chapter 4. Because you are His sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, 
but God's child. And since you are His child, God has made you also an heir. (laughs) Being His kid was good enough. But you're going to add on an heir? That's pretty good. Colossians 1, verse 13. For He has rescued us from the dominion, power or authority, of darkness. He's rescued us from that. And brought us into the kingdom of his son, of the Son He loves. Look at Mark chapter 16. I packed it with scriptures because I felt you'd rather hear the Word of God speak than to hear me talk about the Word of God. I wanted to just put it in here so it's on record and you can see the scriptures for yourself. Mark 16 verse 14. Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith. And I thought, boy, if he showed up around me sometimes, I'm sure I'd get rebuked at times. Right? Their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on the sick people and they will get well. How many times a day do you do those things? Do you put your hands on somebody that's sick? Do you speak the word to people every opportunity that you possibly, possibly can? The signs only follow those who believe the authority they have and exercise it. And I've had to look at my own life at times and go, you know what, there's no signs following me. That's on me. i got to step my game up. John 15, verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you, Jesus said, and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Go and do something. Be fruitful. Fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask, In my name, the Father will give you. That's a great promise. John 14, 12. Verily, verily, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater works than these, because I'm going to my Father. Go do what I did. We have it recorded in the Gospels. That's our mission. That's what we are to do. Go and do the things that he did. We have the authority. There should be no reason whatsoever that we shouldn't be able to do it. You know why I think I prayed for people and asked God to heal them? I won't impose this on you. This is me. I thought about it. First, it's what I was taught to do for years. That's all I was taught to do. Just 
pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, for healing. I didn't understand the authority God had given me. And all these years, I never really looked at it. The third reason I thought of, if the healing doesn't happen, I can blame God. God, I prayed. I did my part. If God doesn't want to heal him, that's, that's not, not, I got nothing to do with that. I did my part. And at times, I'll be honest, there was fear. But Stephen's great teaching on that wiped that out. So, you have the authority and the power to run the devil out of your life. And anywhere you encounter him. You know, if you build the devil up as this big, mean, threatening, powerful entity, you're going to be afraid of him. I think of him as a little cockroach crawling around. I go, oh, that's you again? He's over. He's done. What's your view? If you are seated in the heavenlies with all power, all authority, dominion, and he did little bitty cockroach. Why would you even be concerned about him? How do you perceive the devil? He's nothing to you. Nothing. We don't need to pray to God for healing to happen. He gave you the power. Your present circumstances in life may say differently. But what is your spiritual position according to the scriptures circumstances should not dictate your authority as a believer evil spirits will try and influence believers who are seated with christ in the heavenly places they can try but they will not succeed when we know who we are where we're positioned and that we've been given the authority over the devil and his works Garrett tossed last week about the time between us getting sent, um, getting born again and being sent out by Jesus and the time that we return to Him at the gathering together. That time period that we're living in right now. Um, he shared that it's during that time that you know, we're living our life. That time is filled with circumstances. Have you ever noticed that your circumstances can change day to day? But God never does. He never changes. The devil will try to use those circumstances to confuse us. Do you believe your circumstances over the Word of God? You shouldn't. Sometimes it's confusing to you. The Bible says we're seated in the heavenlies, yet we sit here. The Bible says we have eternal life, but yet our body's going to die. The Bible says I'm healed, yet I feel pain. The truth is, we are seated in the heavenlies. We do have eternal life. And I am healed. Circumstances will change. The truth of God will never change. 
When we trust and believe in the Word of God more than the circumstances, then we will receive from God what He has for us. But as long as we elevate the world above the Word, we're lost. Matthew chapter 16. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whoa, (laughs) that's an open door. Kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Today we take his place here on earth. He was the firstborn among many brethren. Who's the brethren? We are. All of us. Every one of us. Is Jesus Christ walking today? Because he's not here. Last week, again, in Garrett's teaching, he mentioned that we're on a mission. That's, that's my language. I like that. In the military, we're taught to complete the mission no matter what the cost. One of the many things that makes the U.S. military greater than any other is that every soldier, sailor, airman, and marine is taught what the mission objective is. All the details. Nothing's withheld. Every member of the team knows what has to happen. In other countries, only the leader is instructed on what's to happen, and he tells everybody else what to do. So if he gets knocked off, they're frozen. They can't do much. Not now. Not us. Jesus Christ has given us all the details, all the enablements, All the power, all the authority. Is that getting redundant yet? All the details of the mission of the Great Commission. That's our mission. Look at Matthew 28 once again. Verse 17. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. He's speaking to us today, now. Go. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Look at what we've been called to, folks. This this is so big that we fail to grasp the enormity of it. You know, it's human nature to want to belong to a group or identify with an organization. How many of you are in clubs or um, organizations or groups or things that you can identify with? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody wants to belong to something, to have an identity. You may be a Bears fan. I pray for you. But we all want to belong. What better thing to belong to than the body of Christ? There's nothing greater. Nothing. You know, on a football team, there's 52 players on a team, but only a few stars are on that team. 
In the military, they all have elite forces. You have your, your soldiers, then you have the special forces, let's say. Same way in the body of Christ. You know, in the Bible, there are millions of people talked about in the Bible, but only a few are named. Now, we have the choice. Everybody's been given the same power, the same spirit, same ability. We're all equal. Who's going to rise up and really do something with this? Who wants to be a part of a special elite team? Not just come to church whenever you want to. Okay, I got my ticket punched. Not just come here maybe even every Sunday and sit down and just be a part of the fellowship. It's great. Love to have you. But who wants to step up and serve? Who wants to say to God, I'm going to carry out this mission. I want to do the Great Commission. Or is it, well, you know, I did that. Now I'm getting on in years. And I think I just want to lay back and let the younger people do it. I've had that thought. (laughs) It's wrong thought. We've got to get serious about this mission, folks. God's not going to, Steve said it, God doesn't steamroll over us. It's our choice. Now, everyone stand up if you can. Mom, you can stay seated. It's okay. Stand to your feet. If you're at home on the video, stand up with me. Now, I want you to stand there and stand proud. Think of the most proudest moment in your life. Stand there with your head held high. Your chest out. Man, you're beaming with pride. Why? Because you're a son of God. That's who you are. You've been called. You. You're that special. You are who God wants you to be. Think about that. The spirit that He put in us is the same spirit that He raised Christ from the dead. The power that's in us is the same power He spoke and the world, the universes were created. Holy smokes, what we carry today. I've got some things here on our authority. I want you to repeat after me. I have the authority to command healing. Now, can we say it like we mean it? Say it again. That's better. I have the authority to cast out devils. I have the authority to stand for Christ. I have the authority to speak the Word of God. I have the authority to love. I have the authority to forgive people. Come on, you're waning on me. You're waning. You're falling asleep here. I have the authority to be who God called me to be. That great power that God worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead is the same power in you. Yes, you, Doug. The moment you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, that same power was put into you. The God of the universe lives in you. 
Do you get the magnitude of that power? By His spoken word, things happened. And folks, God doesn't care who you were. He cares who you are. Have a seat. Mark 16. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed His word by the signs that accompanied it. And He will do the same for you. To close, 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 11. With this in mind, we constantly pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of His calling, and that by His power, He may bring the fruition, your every desire for goodness, and your every deed prompted by faith. Our theme this year is by faith. I'm challenging you to walk worthy of the calling God called you to as you walk by faith. Okay? Well, Father, thank you for your love. Thanks, God, for your goodness because we sure do not deserve it. Nothing we've ever done could come close to deserving what you've given us. So thankful, Father, that your Spirit's within us and that we can do the things that you've called us to do. We don't have to fear anything, worry about anything. We just move for you. Thanks for working in us to bring to fruition the fruit that you want us to bear. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. God bless.